The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Ritual. You guys know I'm a human guinea pig and I'm still here taking Ritual and loving it. Okay. It's filled with iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate, and omega-3. Kind of everything. It's made in the USA without synthetic fillers. 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. So Ritual created a smarter vitamin with the nine essential ingredients women lack most. Go to ritual.com slash skinny today to choose clean ingredients backed by science. Sign up now at ritual.com slash skinny. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Uh There's an opportunity here. You can be decisive. You can say yes to people and you can also say no to them. And they're going to have so much more respect for you because you know what you want. And you can just say, you know what? That's not going to work for me right now. You don't have to be a jerk to say that because the alternative is if you don't show up, if you're always late, I'm sorry, I'm kind of multitasking right now. I'm on my phone while we're doing this because I got this other thing, but I said I'd be here. So I'm like, you're flake. Hey, everybody. How we doing? How we holding up? Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Amy Landito. On this episode, we are covering a lot of familiar ground. Productivity, entrepreneurship, time batching, hacks, skinny hacks. Are there skinny hacks, Lauren? I don't know. YouTube. YouTube. Growing, growth, audience, a lot of things covered. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Michael Bostick. I am the co-host of this beautiful podcast and the CEO and co-founder of the Dear Media Podcast Network. And across from me, my pregnant wife, anchor baby her. Your Lauren hungry Everts. wife. Hungry, hungry, hungry. Hungry wife. Why am I always hungry? I'm hungry all the time. One of our friends, D-Rock, was tweeting the other day and he said, what do you fear? And I said, a pregnant and hungry wife. We've learned the hack. We got She's eating oatmeal right now on the mic, which typically I'm not a big fan of because it you know, cracks. You're probably going to get some of those haters. I mean, I can eat, eat oatmeal on the thing. But, you know, it's, it's the lesser of all evils, everybody, because if she gets hungry here or hangry, Taylor and I could be in some trouble. Yeah. I mean, you know what? When you're pregnant, you have to eat every two hours or you want to just bite someone's head off. And Michael doesn't seem to understand that fact. I'm, no, I'm getting it after a couple of close calls. Yeah, he's just getting it. He's he's like, I don't understand why you have to eat. You just ate two hours ago. Well, the baby's hungry. Yeah, the baby's hungry. What? Like, blame everything on the baby. The baby needs <laughs> it's the, the baby's fault. The baby needs some nutrients. Now, Michael's monitoring me, like my every move. If I if I have to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, he immediately like whiplashes his head around. I'm on guard. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on call. Okay, but you're not on that much guard because you're not realizing how much I need to eat. Well, now I am. What are you eating there? Blueberries. I'm eating blueberries and oatmeal, a spirulina smoothie, with. A little pepita. How do you say that? I have no idea what you're eating, so I don't, I'm not going to try. <laughs> and raw almond butter. And then I'm having a little bit of matcha. I'm allowed to have 200 milligrams of caffeine a day. You don't want to go too crazy. That You don't want the kid to come out all jittery. The kid is... Michael, you know what Michael pours me a cup of coffee and Tell them. Tell, tell everyone you pour me a cup of coffee. I give a little thimble. It's like a little thimble. No, thumbelina. He, babe, you give me is an... Is it thimbelina ex- or thumbelina? Thumbelina. You, you give me an espresso shot But it's not espresso. Coffee. Yeah, it's smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, I drink the caveman coffee, you know, and that stuff is like rocket fuel. Um, you know, guys, if you if you haven't heard about caveman coffee, you got to check into it. I've, I don't have time to go on a huge tangent, but I love the stuff. It's I, so good. We, uh, you know, Tate Fletcher came on the show a couple, I don't even know how many episodes Get the nitro back. for me and drink it over ice and just make the sound when you're drinking it. 
and just think of me pregnant. We go on drinking. these tangents sometimes, but guys, honestly, caveman coffee is the best coffee, but it's too strong for my pregnant wife. Oh. So I only give her a little bit of it. You know, I don't want you to be all whacked out. You're really strict with it. Well, no, I got to protect the asset. So I'm doing a thimble, an espresso shot of coffee, and then I'll do like a half a matcha every day. And it's so weird because your body tells you when enough is enough. Like I, my body tells me, okay, I don't want anymore, which is so weird because I used to drink two cups of coffee a day, like large iced inulin cinnamon coffee. I'm still doing inulin cinnamon, but they're not large. They're little, little thimbles, thimbleina. All right. Well, you're fine. I mean, you don't want to get too wired up, but at the same time, you don't want to get too wired down because then you get angry and hangry. Yeah, you gotta you gotta balance my levels. You know what I mean. A lot of hormones going on. A <laughs> lot of lot of issues here. No, Michael's decided that this is the right time for him to lose weight. Well, no, uh, Michael, you have. I don't want to gain that extra pregnancy. I don't want the you know the male pregnancy weight. I got to be careful. Okay, but it's not fair that like I'm gaining all this weight and you're sitting there losing weight. Well, it's a lot of stress. A lot of you know, a little stressed out. Got a, I, I'm I'm realizing that I'm losing my my freedom in about three months. So, um, little little on edge. Little little on edge. Edge. Yes, but let's let's not worry about me right now. Let's get into the show. Guys, we have Amy Landino on the show today. Amy is the award-winning host of Amy TV, a YouTube series dedicated to helping women go after the life they want. With millions of views and more than 300,000 subscribers, she is a leading authority on getting digital attention. This episode covers a lot of ground like all of our episodes. Guys, get ready. Buckle in. Amy Landino, welcome to the show. We're going to get back to that, but first we're going to discuss Truman's. Okay, I am so excited about this partner. I feel like Michael's excited too. So you know how when you're walking down the cleaning aisle at the grocery store and it feels like there's, it's just like a complicated chemistry lab. Like it's too confusing. I feel like I'm surrounded by all these different cleaners for different surfaces. It's confusing, different colors, different scents. I don't know what's natural, what's not natural. I just feel like cleaning, it can be a chore. You know what I mean? That's why you guys are going to be obsessed with Truman's. This is basically the coolest cleaning company on the internet. I'm telling you, like once you go to the website, you'll understand what I'm saying. Basically, Truman's is decluttering the cleaning aisle with four non-toxic cleaners for your entire house. And like always, it's shipped free to your door. Guys, like Lauren said, this is one of the coolest products on the internet. When I first saw this, I was blown away. You, would, you wouldn't think that there was innovation room for cleaning supplies, but there is. You'd think all the, the typical things that we've used over the years just got the job done, but nope. All of a sudden, Truman comes along and innovation is born. Guys, it comes with these special bottles. All you got to do is fill some water into them, you know, so even if you run out, just add water from your sink. And then these special cartridges, you just put it on top of the bottle and boom, you have a spray cleaner. They have things for all-purpose cleaners, glass and technology cleaners, bathroom cleaners, floor cleaners all and I, like i said all you do is just add water in this cartridges to their bottles that they provide and boom you're in business here's what i would do i would get the starter kit to start and like michael said it comes with four reusable bottles and four amazing refill cartridges and it's all non-toxic so that's the one i would start with that's why fast company honored them as a world changing idea guys if you want to try the starter kit, we have a special offer just for you. To receive 50% off your Truman starter kit, visit trumans.com and enter promo code SKINNY at checkout. That's T-R-U-M-A-N-S.com, promo code SKINNY for 50% off your starter kit. Truman's a better cleaning experience. And if you have time, when you're on the site, check out the video. It's a miserable life without Truman's. It's really good. It really kind of hones in on why you need this product, why you need this service. Guys, check it out. Truman's.com, promo code SKINNY. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. 
Amy, give us your credentials, your spiel, where you grew up, the whole thing. Do you have your driver's license yeah, on you? I, I do. Registration. Do you want to know the number? Yeah. yeah, give me give us a number back on social. <laughs> I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I grew up there. I never left. Everybody makes fun of it. And I don't care because it's the best kept secret in this country. I love it. People, no, wait, hold on. Columbus, Ohio, it's I'm legit. learning more and more about it. There's so many massive businesses that have come out of there. And you know what? They're starting to do more live events there and more activations. Like people in Columbus don't want people to know about Columbus. I'm learning that. Kind of. But we're also like apologetically really excited about ourselves. I mean, a lot of people don't know this. I think we're the number three city in the country for fashion. And I just learned this. The reason is because of real estate. I mean, like it makes sense. Victoria's Secret, that all brands started there. A lot of these companies are based there. So we're we're big advocates when you hear about us, but you don't believe that we're not a cow town until you get there. Honestly. I'm telling you, Lauren, I'm hearing more and more about Columbus. A lot of startups. Too. Okay, well, maybe we'll move there one day, Michael. <laughs> well, let's, let's not jump the gun. Let's just maybe go visit first, like a little gander. You guys, but, you I'll know. take you to dinner. It'll be great. Okay, so you grew up in Columbus. Take us through that. You know, I was always hiding from the camera, so I think that's kind of the interesting thing for where I'm at today. My mom was always like, wait, I'm sorry, what are you doing with your life now? Because now I'm on YouTube, podcasting, speaking, a lot of other things. But in the meantime, it all kind of spawned from always struggling with relationships in my life. And I've really realized that that connects to everything that I do, really trying to understand how to connect with people and never really having that figured out growing up. Struggling in what way? Struggling in the way that, you know, like, how do you really make friends? How do you, how do you care about somebody? How do you treat somebody right? And it wasn't just teaching myself how to do it, but how did you know you're in a good relationship or you're not in a good relationship, friends or otherwise? Do you think that stems from family life or do you think it was something? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, like my mom divorced very early on. Mm. My biological father's not in my life. And so there's a lot of that that I think follows you around and makes you think, oh, I'm not really worthy of anyone's time. So while that's going on psychologically, it's also like, well, how do you make someone feel like you're making the most of their time? All of this connecting to YouTube, I figured out how to make a video because somebody asked me to be in their wedding. And it was somebody I went to high school with. And I was like asked last, like somebody got pregnant and wasn't going to fit into the dress in time. And they asked me to step in for her. Rude. <laughs> I, it was a little, but at the same time, I'm like so grateful that that happened because I was like, there's like six other girls here. I want to be the favorite. And I came up with the idea to make a video. And you're talking about 2006 or something. It was, it was wow. very early. And I, you know, used my little digital camera you used to have to take with you on vacation and made a video for her. And I realized at the rehearsal dinner when we played it that, of course, she was like excited, but everyone else in the room loved it too. And I realized that you could make something for one person and affect a lot more people than that. And that's what turned me on about video. I didn't know about YouTube before I knew about video. That's a really, really smart statement. You can make something for one person and affect a lot of people. A lot of people think, think, okay, I got to create this broad thing that's going to reach all these people. But if you speak to that one person, it speaks to a lot of people. It does. And, and we this is when we hear the word niche down and we take it seriously, but we also don't because we're like, we don't want to niche down. We want to have millions of fans and we want to affect... You don't get to that point if you haven't truly understood somebody at the deepest level so much that you can talk to one person and then feel like they made that specifically for me. But then a lot of people feel that way, whether they're actually the avatar or the person that you designed or not. So when did you start to 
see like YouTube was something that you wanted to put more focus on. Like you make one video, then what happens? The first video was on a DVD. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. How do I how do I keep sharing this? I don't want to hand out DVDs. What's the, the DVD? <laughs> What's the DVD? There's, there's some young people listening. They're like, what the fuck's a DVD? I know. When I first met Michael in high school, well, I met you when, earlier in high school, when we like kissing, fooling around. Fr- fooling around, you had a fucking full collection of DVDs uh, yeah, I used to, and Pez, which is yeah, to, Remember you used to have to carry the binders of CDs and DVDs? Remember they had the oh, big yeah. like, warehouse the binders? The zipper CD that thing for the so car? dorky. Oh my Lauren, don't, uh, do you know how many good movies I've shown you because of that? That's true. My CDs had like scratches on them at the bottom. I'm like, remember you had to make mixtapes and like burn That's the a whole CD. thing. Like the skipping Discman on the way to the bus stop. Oh, the Discman. Okay. If you had the shock absorbed Discman that didn't skip, like <laughs> so you, were, you were the jam. Fancy. Okay, so you... So so you that had a first DVD. video was on a DVD. So I was like, well, this isn't going to, how am I going to share? If I make more, where am I going to share it? Because at that point, my passion became editing. It was in being able to have a creative outlet for the first time and, and send something off to the world for people to enjoy. And so that's how I found YouTube. I was like, oh, okay, there's, there's a place where people are uploading things. Great. And then I started looking at what was on YouTube and I was realizing this wasn't just a dumping zone for people's video files. People were creating things specifically to this platform. People were vlogging trips to Target and making it look like it was a huge life experience. And that was fascinating to me. And so that's when I really started taking it seriously and saying like, I, okay, good. I have something to do outside of work. I have something I'm excited about. That's when I started on YouTube. And that was really 2009. What was the original content focus? Like what, what kind of videos were you creating? Anything I could get any footage of that I could edit. At first it wasn't even me. It was like, oh, girls night out. I'll bring my digital camera and just film my friends doing funny stuff. And I'll make like a little summary of what our night out was like and use graphics and funny things to like point out. That was, that was it. And then when I realized my friends got kind of sick of it and they weren't that interesting all the time, I had to learn how to talk to a camera. And so I started just vlogging my life and I would vlog walking to this, to the dog park with my dog. And like, I swear the internet has seen my dog. And all, all of these videos are still up and exist. Oh yeah. Schmatastic channel is still very much alive and well. <laughs> what are the tips for vlogging? It seems like is what's the formula? It's changed so so much. Back in those days, you could record your life and it was amazing. Now you can't just wake up and say, I'm going to vlog my day. There has to be a continuing theme. Otherwise people are not going to care. And I think that's where people miss the mark on vlogging today. And even so to say that it's still relevant today is really difficult because it's so competitive to have good content on YouTube or anywhere for that matter. And Instagram stories is the new vlog. So it's like, why would you bother doing it on YouTube other than the monetization factor? if somebody can really watch it in real time on Instagram stories. So the formula is if you actually want somebody to care about what your day is like, you need to tell them the one thing that they're going to take from this and make a video out of that. It may look like a vlog to the rest of the world, but you pull them in by being focused on one thing. I think you're the one that told me that when I interviewed you for my channel on YouTube and you told me to say the message in one sentence before we got into it. And I never like I never thought of that, which is so dumb. Well, it's the same thing like titling <laughs> no, blog not. posts or, or titling, titling podcasts. Yeah, of course. What's, well, what are they going to get out of it and why is it worth their time? Exactly. I mean, if let's say it's not a talking head video, can you, you'll notice now when you watch YouTube, can you put the absolute best part of the video at the beginning? Because the worst thing that's going to happen is you gave away something cool. But the best thing that will happen from that is, oh my God, what was that? I'm going to watch the whole thing and figure yeah. out why this, why that was just here. That's what giving away, like, here's what we're going to talk about today and letting someone know that you're not going to waste time on your elevator pitch or where to follow you on Instagram right off the bat. You can put those things on screen, go to town, 
just tell them what they just clicked play for and they will stay longer. And that is the name of the game right now. If they clicked, make them stay. That's it. You know what? It's it's so it's so true. Like people come on the show sometimes, and we also say like, listen, I know that there's a pitch. If a brand comes on, it's like don't come on and start selling right away because you're going to lose people. Are going to tune out. Like tell the story first, and then if there's something to buy, then like the audience is smart enough to say, okay. Well, I'm going to do a public service announcement for everyone. If you go on a podcast, do not go on with the intention to sell your shit. Like I'm sorry for anyone that is going on to anyone else's platform, and their main goal is to sell their class or their ebook mm-hmm. or their book or their website, like, no, just sell yourself. Like, just be yourself, have the audience fall in love with you. And then if they like you, they'll continue to seek you out. This is where I have a hard time with my podcast because you get so many of these PR emails that's like, so-and-so has a book coming out and they would like to be on your show. And I'm like, that's really cool. But like, I like talking to people I'm excited about. So I'm not excited about this person yet. So you're leading with the product already. Great. They have an end game, but like, one of the things we me? don't do for Dear Media like so operating true. this business it gets asked all the time people come and say hey can i sign with the network and if we get to the portal like hey what's your booking process we don't have any booking agents at dear media none so people are asking we don't we don't do any booking we don't do pr outreach we don't book people on the shows because i think when you do that exactly happens what you're talking about right you get all these publicists and they reach out and say hey this person has a book coming out can we go on seven shows and there's probably gonna be people pissed off at me saying this <laughs> and i'm like it sucks it's the same conversation over and over nobody wants to hear you pitch your shitty bu- exactly. fucking book maybe it's a good book i don't know and they go around and then the worst part is the publicist shows up and they want to sit in the room and they want to micromanage the conversation. So when we get those emails, most of the time they go in the trash and they get ignored. And two, we don't let publicists sit in. But three, I think when you get into that process where it's just like booking to go sell something, it's mm. the wrong way to do it. Absolutely. A better way is to just go on and have a great conversation. And then people are smart enough. Hey, I like that person's message. I'm going to go buy whatever they're selling. But when you just do hard sell, it's like knocking on someone's door and saying, Hey, you want to buy this? Thing? It's like, no, people don't like that. I think, work. I think totally. when I launch a book again, when I reach out to whoever's show I want to go on, I'll also lead with a benefit for them without the book. So for instance, I'll reach out to, you know, say some like a podcast that I want to go on. And instead of leading with the book, I'll lead with, Hey, I'd love to do a podcast swap. So then that automatically like gives like something to the other person. And then like, if the book comes up at the end, it comes up at the end. The other thing is that you guys have been working your butts off. Like you don't have to pitch anyone. Lauren just has to text me and be like, Hey, how's it going? Just so you know, like, I know you've been seeing my books coming out, but like, is there anything I can do to help you? Yeah. Come chat with me on my podcast. Cause like we have good energy together. Yeah. That's how it happens. Like, cause here's the other thing. I totally believe in I'm not taking interviews for a period of time and I will take them during a launch period. So anyone I really do want to do a podcast with, I'd say, hey, sorry, I'm like super booked until this fall, but do you want to sit down then? And that's a good way to batch that campaign period of time. But in the meantime, you're doing the work, you're making the relationships, you're talking to people, you're meeting people that will allow you to have plenty of opportunities to go out and promote your book. And P.S., it would look terrible for Dear Media if everybody was promoting the same darn person I, on every I single agree. show. There's it, a couple of podcast strategy. networks that do that that are, that are Voldemort. I don't want to be unnamed. in that business. I don't want to be in the PR business. It's I want to be in the content strategy. business, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be in the content value business. Absolutely. I hope people that listen to any of the shows, including this one, if they're listening to any Dear Media shows, I want them to be like, that's, a, that's really entertaining or that's valuable. I learned something. I don't want to be like, oh, God. 
God, it's a PR pitch network. It's fucking annoying. It doesn't Absolutely. it doesn't work. So uh, since you're the expert, I want to talk about what makes good content and what the formula is. And then I want to go heavy into time and time management. So Love just it. before we get into that topic, can you tell us in 2019? Is that what year it is? I always forget I what year it so. is. <laughs> don't, don't feel bad. I quoted somebody today. I said we're in 2020. My brain's already there. I don't too. know. We're, we're, I don't we're know already what, there. What's happening? 2020 sounds cool. So what is the formula and the strategy to create good content right now today? We talk about this all the time at Aftermark and it is great. You want to create the next big thing. You want to create something that's whether it's virality or not. Like I hate that term so much. I hate when somebody's going in with a viral sense, but no matter what you're doing, no matter what algorithms you're trying to work, the most important thing when it comes to content is knowing who you're talking to. And I just, I just said this, but the reality is that if you know somebody well enough, they will tell you what they want and you don't have to come up with a content strategy. You just serve. That's your job. When you're creating good content, it's about serving somebody. So if you never go in with that intention and it's always just like, what's the flashiest, craziest thing nobody's done yet? You could go all in on that and give it a try. And I hope you have a lot of fun at it. And hopefully there is some part of you that's excited about that alone. But if you're not really thinking about who this is going to benefit, it's not a long-term play. It's a one-off project, if anything. I really, truly believe that is the heart of everything. Whenever I'm off creatively, things aren't going as well on the channel. I have to zero in on why is this not working? And the answer is always, how am I not listening to what these people actually want? Because if I supposedly know them so well, I must not be listening very well if it's not working. So it just comes down to who are you talking to? I believe it in the core of my being. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So I want to really talk to people that are listening that want to manage their time better. Mm -hmm. I think that you're really good at this and we have access to your brain right now. What can someone do to get started? Maybe three tips when it comes to time. I think biggest thing ever is start looking at your tasks as things that take time rather than tasks. And the thing that is going to change the game on that is actually paying attention to your calendar. I notice so many people who they pull up their calendar and it's very like, oh, here's an appointment for a birthday party. Here's an appointment for this. I'm going out of town on this day. But there's nothing really in between. And probably because they have a lot of things that are pretty predictable in their life. Maybe it's like reporting to work from nine to five. That may not take up time on your calendar. But if you're starting to think, oh, this isn't the only thing I care about. I want to focus on other passions. I want to focus on other things. Looking at every other pocket of time as an opportunity to do something and giving yourself breathing room, but taking a task and turning it into a time slot rather than using a task. Give us, let's say it's Monday. Mm -hmm. Is it so micro that you're saying return emails? Like what, like what's, what's the situation on the calendar? Definitely return emails and my project management software, which is called Trello. Like those two are together all the time because they usually go together with what my workflow is, but that's probably not going to happen until after lunch for me because I know how much in the morning I am on it creatively. I need to get any writing done. Writing from the sense that it could be a caption for Instagram, but it's a lot of times it's a format of a YouTube video. You know, what what am I going to talk about? I don't script my videos, but I do have to bullet point them out because I want to be able to talk to a camera like it's a person, but I also need to make sure that whenever I go on a mm-hmm. tangent, I got to come back. So what's the point of this video? What's the flow of this video? What are all the assets I need? That's better for me in the morning. So first thing in the morning, I literally have on my calendar a sunshine for an hour and the little sunshine emoji. And it stands for skincare, lemon water, meditation on some days. I'm not doing it every single day, morning pages and um, rewriting my goals. We've talked about the morning pages together. Oh my God. 
I think you're the one that told me to read about that. It's in Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. Yes. And the reason I like Morning Pages, which is basically just anything on your mind for three pages. And it turns out to be like the biggest venting. Like when you wake up in the morning and you're like, Lucy woke me up in the middle of the night. Lucy's my dog. Lucy woke me up in the middle of the night. So I didn't get eight hours straight. I'm super pissed. You just write whatever's on your mind, but then you it's gone. You could it's have out used that this morning. I was pissed off this morning. You were a fucking grouch well, this morning. I had a bad headache. We're a little bit jet lagged still, mm. you know, but I want to go back for one second. Sure. I, I think something you said in the beginning was really smart about taking a look at your tasks and associating time with it, mm-hmm. right? Like people write these big to-do lists or they put things in their calendar. I have done this in my life and it's helped them immensely, right? You have this whole calendar, like, okay, it's 30 minutes for this, 30 minutes. And then if you actually start following that calendar and doing those tasks, sometimes you realize, oh shit, it actually doesn't take that much time. I turned an hour and a half of phone calls, which was like, uh, this is a while ago, but they were scheduling three phone calls. And it was like 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And I found, I'm like, why do I need a 30 minute phone call? If we can't get to the point in 10 minutes, that's it. I mean, doing these podcasts has helped a lot because I know I can have a 45 minute conversation and cover a lot of ground. I'm like, wait a minute, a business call, 10 minutes. That's all. When I schedule calls, now it's 10 minutes for most calls. And I found like I was taking something that was taking an hour and a half and I condensed it into 30 minutes and got just as much done. So I think, can you speak a little bit more Absolutely. about like auditing time on tasks? Well, I think that's the thing is when you start, I can go back two years ago and I can tell you exactly what I was doing two o'clock on some random day. And the reason that's important is because you can see where things start to pick up, you know, YouTube videos. I get asked all the time, how long does it take to make a YouTube video? I've been doing it for 10 years, less time and also more time because it depends on the production. But I can go back and I can look last week. How long did it take me to do that? The month before, how long did it take me? Things tend to take less time as you become more efficient and as you start caring about your time, as you start thinking, I don't have eight hours in the day. I have whatever's next for this thing that I have to do. It also might help you realize things take longer than you think. And that's important to note too, because the next time you have to do that writing project that you think, oh, you'll get done in an hour because you need to, and you don't want to actually do it. Like, oh no, actually that's going to take two hours. Do we need to break that out over a couple of days? Do I need to batch a period of time? I'm getting ready to write my second book. I've batched three weeks for that. Nothing else on the calendar, period. Before we dive into that, I want to talk about my favorite vitamin, Ritual. Okay. If you have been listening to the podcast or reading the blog for a while, you know I have raved about Ritual. I've raved so much that I feel like if you guys haven't tried it, you're missing out. I'm going to give a breakdown for why everyone needs to try it. So Ritual is the obsessively researched vitamin for women. And you guys, it is obsessively researched. If you go and you look at their website, they have everything very simply laid out for you to see everything is backed by science. There's no shady ass additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. They have these two easy to take capsules. There's no fishy smell. In fact, it smells like peppermint and they're not like chalky. You know what I mean? They also are filled with nine essential nutrients that you need to support a strong foundation for your health. So what I like to do, I used to put them by my toothbrush, but now I like to eat a little something before I take them, this has been like a hot tip from a lot of readers to eat something and then take two after I eat it. So like I'll have scrambled eggs and then pop two in my mouth, get a little peppermint in my mouth. You should know it's filled with folate, vitamin B12, iron, magnesium. I love magnesium, especially to get things moving. Omega-3 and vitamin 
D3. So many women don't get enough vitamin D3. In fact, I got my blood tested and I was low on vitamin D3. And then after taking Ritual, I got my blood tested again and I am good to go. So don't mean to brag about that. If you're an obsessive label reader like me, you should know that all Ritual's vitamins are vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. Super easy subscription to start. It comes right to your door. You can snooze it if you want. It's basically a dollar a day to have all these essential nutrients delivered to you each month to your door. No strings attached. Better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, 10% off during your first three months. So you can fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women. It's a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. All you guys have to do is visit ritual.com slash skinny to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash skinny. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people complain and like someone says, I don't have time for this. I tune out because mm-hmm. it's bullshit, right? Like you can look at the the highest performers in the world. They have just as much time as you. It's it, time is it, everybody has the same amount. Even if someone's saying, I don't have time for that because it's, let's say you're making a suggestion to them, like mm-hmm. you should start a podcast and they say, I don't have time. Okay, that's fine. That's not the answer. The answer is it's not a priority. Not a priority. Yeah, like that's not that's not Jinx, that's not on deck for us. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No, some. I agree though because <laughs> it drives me nuts when people say I don't have time to work out or I don't have time. To, I, you do have time if you make the time. If you prioritize, I hate when anything, people say it, I don't have, have time. time to read. I'm just saying this as a blanket statement to everyone. Warren Buffett makes so much time to read. If Warren Buffett can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Thirty minutes in your calendar. I don't want to hear that you don't have a book or you're at the doctor's office. I use my iPhone. If you want to read, you make it a priority. That's right. Absolutely. So I want to go back for a second. So, okay. You were going over three tips for time management. We got to the calendar one and then we got sidetracked. What are the other (laughs) tips? The other thing is that you know your devils in your life that are keeping you from being more productive. It's usually the the computer that you keep in your pocket, the phone. That's a big problem for most people. We think we want notifications because they exist. We don't need them. We think we need the phone in the room, but we don't need the phone in the room. We think like, Taylor, we, we need porn hub on a Wednesday right. in the Keep bathtub. The well, yeah. Lauren, don't be hasty here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's really big. And what's even worse than the phone, I do think there's something worse than the phone. What's worse than the phone is the distraction that is a human and always feeling like you have to accommodate the, the human that needs your attention. Now, if you are a work at home mom and you also watch your kids, that's a conflict between are you actually working or are you watching your kids? Because there's two different things going on here. And you kind of have to figure that out. But if somebody walks into your cubicle and needs your attention suddenly, like, how do you manage that? And I think one of the biggest tips is knowing how to say, I'm working on something else right now. I'm in the zone. I really need that respect. And we don't even ask for it. Most of the time, we're giving so many reasons to our task management gurus of the world saying, oh, but I have kids or I have a husband that's also next to me. And okay, then have you tried talking to them? Have you like, how old are your kids? Do they speak? Do they hear you? Like, can you have a conversation with them about what it means when mom's working or whoever? And that's even worse than this phone going off. The phone's just an easy thing to look at. The people who are distracting you, you can start to get really resentful. I also think there's a guilt element as women. Like, I notice that I'll feel like I need to call someone or connect with someone or I haven't had lunch with a friend in a long time. There's this thing with women that I notice that the guiltiness Mm. is also like Mm -hmm. a demon in the room. Oh, yeah. I think that holds you back. It happens with men and women. What do you feel guilty about? I can't wait to hear that. Not this. a lot. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah I've like, never heard you, know, you say that in your life. Well, well, I will, listen, 
here's the thing. I, I know that if I'm doing a task or spending time with someone, I have to be 100% all in. You want to go to lunch with me? I don't want to half-ass a lunch with someone. I don't want to go there and be distracted and not being present and not being focused. So I, I would rather politely just say, you know what, that doesn't work for me. Because right. I don't want to go and then be like, that was disappointing. I'd rather just say from the bat, like, hey, this is not going to work. Another thing that's controversial, speaking of like people taking your time, mm-hmm. I also am a firm believer that you don't have to answer or respond to every email. Oh my gosh, yes, preach. I was talking to a, a, a person I work with in the office yesterday and I was saying, you know, with all the emails I get, I'll, like say I get 200 a day or so. It would not be surprising to me if on average I delete 50 of them. Some people You're may be, brutal about this in a good well, way. Some people may be pissed about that, but mm-hmm. here's, it's another thing. If I know I don't have the time, if I know I can't accommodate it, if it's a, just a cold ask, can you do this for me? Can you get coffee? I Talk don't about disappoint. your opinion on getting coffee. Just say it. <sighs> well, this yeah. again, it's going to piss people off. No, please say it. Yeah, this say it. Oh, yeah. So something that I would never think about the cost for, and I'm sorry, like coffee doesn't make a, d- a dent in my wallet. It's more of a pain in the ass for me to have you buy me coffee. I can buy myself coffee. I can buy myself lunch. I can buy myself dinner. I don't need somebody to do that for me. And I don't want it. It makes me uncomfortable. He hates when people email him and say, can I buy you coffee or lunch and pick your brain? Yes, because it's like, listen, why don't you just call it what it really is? Like, it's not, you're not doing me the favor. I'm doing you the favor. It, that goes for anybody. I wouldn't, it, it's, 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 it's it, let's just call it, it's lazy. What happens is the person that's asking to pick your brain and bless you all. I've gotten many of emails, but bless you. Can you lead in with a little more in coffee you, too? Like you're basically putting the responsibility of your own mentorship onto someone else. Like yeah. the ball's in your court. So if you tell me no, like then I guess I'll have to figure something else out. And like, I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, why Puts is that you my in job? a position to be a fucking asshole yeah. too? It's like, what are you supposed to say? My thing too is Naval like. Naval Ravikant used to own the domain. I don't do coffee.com. No, it's when I, people ask for coffee. I'm sorry. He would respond and say, if Naval, I'm, I'm going to take my time on a Wednesday for an hour to get coffee with someone, it's going to be my dad, mm. like who I haven't seen mm-hmm. and who, who I want to make time for. Like, I think people need to, this whole episode I really want to base around this is respect other people's time too. Can you. Uh, well, here's the last part. If Uh-oh. I'm going, no, he's on a tangent. I'm not on here. a tangent. Woo! It's just, it's true. Let's say that I'm working with someone or spending time with them. Don't you want my full focus and attention? And that's my whole thing. It's like if I'm going to respond to this email or engage in business or go to lunch, like I want to make sure that I'm giving 110 percent of my energy to that. T- if I know there's something I can't fulfill or can't accommodate or wait, I don't want to drag somebody and kick them down. It's like kind of like leading somebody on a relationship. Yeah, you're kind of you're not really in on it. You're kind of like once in a you while. You have experience in that though, leading someone on. Yeah, but, but it's not doing anyone any favors. Right. So I want to make sure if I'm engaging with anyone, whether it's email or anything, that it, that I'm fully in. I wish people would see that like this is the opportunity in being able to confidently say no mm-hmm. because the alternative is that you overcommit you say you're going to do something you cancel at the last minute and then you flake like i mean the number of appointments i had in la this week that didn't work out that were on everyone's calendar confirmed totally happening and then didn't because they just like changed their mind which is kind of youtuber culture a little bit but at the same time it's like you could have just said no. I would have taken the no because I would have spent my time working on other opportunities and not letting an entire day get shot in the foot because of LA traffic. So I had to accommodate it, it, the whole day. It can't for be you. a middle like, thing. It, it's either got to be a yes or a no. There's an opportunity here. You can be decisive. You can say yes to people and you can also say no to them. And they're going to have so much more respect for you because you know what you want. And you can just say, you know what? That's not going to work for me right now. I think I just heard Gail King say that the other day. That's not going to work for me right now. You don't have to be a jerk to say that because the alternative is if you don't show up, if you're always late, I'm sorry, I'm kind of multitasking right now. I'm on my phone while we're doing this because I got this other thing, but I said I'd be here. So I'm 
like you're flake. You know you're, what it you're is? Not is all in. People have expectations of people. I have no expectations of anyone. Nobody. Not my <sighs> family. Not my wife. Love it. Not people that work you with me. You expect for me. me to do certain tasks every week. That's a lie. <laughs> no, no. I, don't I, fucking but lie. I really, you truly guys put mean sex that. on the calendar. Yeah. I, I, I think that's <laughs> no, we don't put sex on the calendar. But I mean, I would. That's people's downfall. Is they have these expectations, right? And then the expectations not met, and they're let down. For me, I don't have the expectation. If something happens, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like, wow, that was really great. And if it doesn't, I'm not letting myself down. It's such a problem in human culture, these expectations we have of other people. It's so bad. It's so bad because we already do it with followers and likes that we are deciding how we feel about ourselves based on what everybody thinks. But for us to say that they get to make that decision about us too, it's like you cannot care so much that somebody decided no, somebody decided not to work with you, somebody decided not not to hire you. You can't have that expectation of them in the first place when they never even gave it to you, first of all, probably or if they did, it's okay. Life happens. We have to keep giving people benefit of the doubt. Life's going to happen and it's not going to work out. I mean, I've gotten way too good at this in, in 10 years of business because it's like the thing that you guys always think like, oh, oh, wow, I'm going to be in that publication. I'm going to be on that thing. This is going to change my life. This is going to change everything. And then it's like, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly a blip on the radar, but it was still something you wanted to do. Now I'm like, I just wanted to do it. If you, that intention's not there and all of it is in the expectation of what the delivery is going to be, you're going to be so sad. And that's where YouTube is today. We, we're seeing a lot of things shift in this industry because of how many people have been creating because they had expectations of the audience and they needed that energy in order to feel good about themselves. Ooh, that's and, that's a good one. And Ooh. it's tough. We're seeing public cu- couples breaking up because it's not enough for them anymore to justify their relationships. We're seeing people who are like so thrilled to talk to a camera at one Faking point. Faking weddings. Faking, yeah, sure, absolutely. Should we not have done that? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, faking our whole relationship. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Awkward. We've just been good friends for this whole time. Yeah, you were friends. (laughs) Uh, So okay, so we got. Sorry, you had to do all those sexual favors. Thank you, Michael. We got to the second tip. Is there a third tip for time management? Yes. I think something I've realized is like the coffee. The thing that gives me the most hives about the coffee is like, I don't even want to go down the elevator and walk to the coffee shop. Like I'm thinking about the commute. So I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, how can I scale absolutely any point in time to the point where I'm like, I don't care how big or small my apartment is, I'm working out at home. I'm not driving to the spin studio anymore. I'm not spending an hour there. I'm not doing niceties with the lady at the front of the room. I'm not going to get back in my car and then do like a selfie. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to work out because now that one hour workout is so much more efficient at home. So things like that, that we kind of like leave the house for, I'm like, Postmates a coffee to me. Like, I don't even want to do that. I completely agree with you. Well, listen, it's even like where expectations are off is I'll even talk about something with niches like, okay, advertisements on podcasts, right? Let's talk about it. People, they're annoyed if there's ads on the podcast. First of all, mm-hmm. I'm not expecting you to have to tune in every week. I'm also expecting if you want, you can fast forward. And I'm also really not expecting you to go and buy everything if there's an ad. But at the same time, in the reverse, you can't expect creators to do things for free for your benefit every single week. And so there's a lot, obviously, managing not just this podcast, but 30 others. You know, some people like ads, some people don't. But at the same time, it's like you're getting free stuff from this creator every week. They're taking their time. If you don't want to listen to an ad, fast forward. If you don't want to buy something, fast forward. At the same time respect that like they are taking huge amounts of time to deliver you this content that hopefully you're finding value and if you got to listen to two or three minutes of ads like 
do it or, 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 or turn off the fucking podcast. Who cares? It I, drives me nuts when people have these expectations of people. It's, it's self-entitlement and it's, it's ludicrous. We just don't live in a world anymore where you can't monetize what you do. And that's good news. Yeah. So for the person that's sitting there saying, I can't believe you're wasting my time with these ads. Okay, great. How did you better spend this hour? You know, I want everybody to know. What this. were you doing while you were listening to this podcast? Were you doing something else? Were you multitasking? That's fine. Great. Maybe it was something you can totally multitask at. But what did you do with the hour after that or the hour after that? Did you binge on Netflix? Tell me how valuable your time is because I've been delivering for 10 years. How many hours does it take you to do a video? How many? Oh God, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm shooting right now for a new series and it's going to take multiple days. Like and one video, let's say it takes like, like just like the visual post. The upside is if I'm doing like a traditional talking head video, sit in front of the camera, bang it out and a 15 minute video usually takes me 15 minutes to film because I'm just, I know what I'm saying now. Mm -hmm. And then um, editing. And then editing is going to take a good three, four five hours, depending mm -hmm. on how fancy I want it to be. And it's usually more like five or six. So let's reverse engineer it. If there's somebody that's a viewer, it takes them maybe 15 minutes out of their day to watch it. Yes. None of that even matters yeah. because the one thing that matters about my YouTube video is the title and the thumbnail. And all of my creator cohorts have 17 different thumbnails ready to go so that they can make changes to a YouTube video so that it actually performs well. So now you're talking about Photoshop time. Where are those resources? Mm -hmm. Where's that expertise? Now I got to take a Skillshare class. Like there's so much. Skillshare is the best. This guy, I love Skillshare. But if there's somebody like this, what I'm saying is we put these expectations on people in the public eye or creators, right? And they say people are annoyed if they have to listen to an ad or they watch something. But if I went to just an everyday person and said, hey, you know, I need to take four hours of your time. You need to give it to me free. I need you to come do this thing and I'm not going to pay you anything. But like, what the fuck are you talking about? And that's that's what I'm talking about in self-entitlement. You know, there's a our podcast, there's a fast forward button, hit it three times, you're done with the ad, move forward, stop whining. Or don't listen. Like this is, there's no expectation. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit if people like or dislike the ads either either listen to the free content or don't on not just this show but any show right and it irritates me that people have this expectation like they deserve something for free they're out to lunch how much coffee did you drink today no, it's true <laughs> you because are it, it's entitlement between it's taylor, totally taylor entitlement. had curry today between taylor's curry in the studio and michael's coffee zing this is like a lot for me <laughs> And then those same people reach out and say, can I pick your brain for two hours? I and know. get coffee. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Oh my and God. That is why it's okay to have boundaries yep. because if you have them, at least then you know like why things have to be the way that they are. And hopefully like you get less upset about it. I still get the email or, re you know, recently I did get a little bit of like commenting that was like, this ad was too long. And it, what's funny about it is it went long. It went over because I was so excited about it. Not because I was I was over delivering for the brand. I was trying to over deliver for the audience and the relevancy of the product. And I just got excited. So I went over and I'm the same way when it, I know someone is going to buy what I'm recommending because I love it so much. And then taking it a step further, when I know they're going to go tell 10 to 15 friends about it, right. I get passionate about it, especially when I'm using it all the time and loving it. Right. I could just read the ad copy, but yes. I would much rather tell you why in the world I love it. Yeah. And so I'm sorry if I'm, I'm treating that exactly the same as I would treat any other content. To me, it's very difficult because if you're not in the industry, you don't get it. And that's where most of the comments are coming from. But your time is valuable. very valuable. And But so is mine. And I promise I've over-delivered that I care about it deeply. And I'm still going to show up for it in the best way I possible. I didn't even want to get on a whole tangent about like partners and advertising and all that stuff. It, it's just, it's relevant. What I'm really trying to get at is 
it's for people to start questioning their entitlement, mm. right? In every aspect, like, do you really deserve that job, right? Did you work your fucking face off? Do you really deserve it? Do you really deserve a great relationship? Have you been putting in as much time? Like, do you deserve that payment? Like, life is not fair, right? Like, right. you either you either get something or you don't. And, and I think if people can just start questioning their entitlements and figure out, like, auditing those entitlements, saying, okay, let's get rid of the expectations and just go through life that way, I think a lot more people would be freed up and they'd feel a lot more liberated and they feel more empowered. And also, this is why you manage your time, because instead of having entitlement or sitting around for that guy to write you back and offer you whatever job it was or whatever, banking on something that you don't even have guaranteed whatsoever, you could be more efficient with your time, making more opportunities happen, having less expectations of everybody, but making it much more likely that something's actually going to happen because you're meeting more people, you're helping more people, you're doing more. So more people know you exist. And at the end of the day, we all know that who you know is what matters in addition to how hard you work. You need both, though. What makes a good thumbnail picture, I guess, is my question, and title. Because you said that that was really important when it comes to your YouTube. This is the thing that people make a decision on when they're watching your video. So there's a balance a little bit. But, I mean, these days, it's really about what's going to pop. Specifically because most of your views are coming from the YouTube homepage. And that could be anybody. That could be subscribers. It could be people just watching YouTube. So making sure it's really clear is super important. Because my subscribers have understood what to expect from my videos, mine typically have my face in them. Faces do perform better. If you post an Instagram photo and your face is in it, it does better. If there's too many faces in it, it's a little bit busy and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So that's just a continuing theme. But as long as you make it very clear in the title, what is this video about? We don't care what episode number it is. We don't care what the series name is called unless it's a part of the actual title. Say it's my, uh, let's just make this up. Say it's my AM face routine. Great. What, What are you calling it? My morning face routine that that's it or skincare like it gets specific if you want but like this is what it is end of story get the point across in the first like five six words max because it's going to start running off into an ellipse and you don't want to end up saying the most important thing at the end of your sentence in this title because it might not be seen in its entirety for some reason. But then whatever that says, it needs to have a relevant photo above it. And these days there's other things. They kind of tease the video for you on YouTube. Now it starts to play without audio because it's like kind of becoming a Facebooky type of world in a lot of that, in that sense. But the photo that is there, which will always be there whether the internet's working or not, that's the first thing people are going to see visually. It needs to be connected to the title and it needs to draw in your curiosity of wanting to know what the skincare routine is. So a good example for that thumbnail would be like for you to hold up, what's one of your favorite hotel things, like olive oil or grapeseed oil or something? Okay. Like you could hold that up and people be like, why is she holding olive oil if this is her morning skincare routine? Now I'm interested. Now I'm more interested. It's not just a normal skincare routine anymore. Now I'm going to tap into it. because It's smart. Like Like you're niching down in the photo, but you're being broad in the title. Yeah. That's just an example. You could put any products, but the face, the skin, and like some really kind of what? That's interesting. Makes you want to click into the experience. That makes total sense. Talk to me about time batching. Mm. Really get into it. Yeah. There's so many different ways to do this. Like I said, I'm writing a book. So that's like a space of three weeks. What do you mean that's a space of three weeks? I'm literally not doing anything else for three weeks, but writing a book. So that's an example of like one big batch. God, you're so good at that. I have to do it. I'm like, there's a squirrel. There's a butterfly. (laughs) That's the whole point. I tried to do the whole. When I wrote my first book, 
the first attempt I made, I was like, oh, here's what I'll do. I'll write for four hours every morning and then it'll get done when it gets done. You know, that that was my strategy. But everything comes up. Things come up. Travel comes up. Things come up. And then you forget what you were even writing about. You're yeah. like, what is the point of this book? So no, then I took three weeks off to write the first book. And that's why I know it works for me. Because if the goal is three weeks, you take the number of words you need, you divide that by however many days you have. That's your goal every day. You know when to stop. You know what you have to do the next day and you just do it until you get it done. Now, I work for myself. That's very easy for me to say. Other examples of time batching is if you know you're most creative in the morning, I know that's my creative time. So after I do sort of a morning routine, I'm going into that whatever creative is going on. I plan out my entire week on Sunday nights. So what happens in creative time is, is this writing Instagram? Is this writing a YouTube video? Is this the email newsletter or something? You know, Can what you am show I doing me your there? calendar right now? Like just pull yeah, it up. Sure. Just so I can just Have you read the book, it. The One Thing by Gary Keller? No, but I've been meaning to. I think that's like, that book's like right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of similarities with that. For sure. I'm I'm not like, I won't like go through your calendar. I just want to just see like, like how specific it is. Okay, guys. Color coded. So you can see. Yeah. Break it down. I have a calendar that's just called me time because it's like my assistant doesn't need to see these appointments and I don't want to bore her with like... Yeah, I got one called Michael Private. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like... So it's like taking Lucy for a walk. <laughs> you don't want to look at Michael Private. Michael Private's like masturbate. <laughs> like <laughs> My least favorite appointment on the calendar is when it's a filming day and I have to set aside an hour and a half to do hair and makeup. And that's the call, like the get ready. I'm going to give you a hack though for this. Okay, go. Get it done. I know. Do not do your own hair and makeup. And please, oh, if you I have listen the- to me on anything... <laughs> have someone that, to come in and do it because that's an hour and a half of work. For sure. I know. And that's what I've been going to like the blowout bar for. I have a yes. membership with them now and I'm like, hey, Autumn, good to see you. I'll be doing things while I'm here. Okay, but, but she's now can't so you fast get your that I'm not even done with work by the time And makeup done. done at the same time? I hadn't considered that. I love doing my makeup. Lauren's like a car going through the car wash. She's got the nail oh, person. She's yeah. got the makeup. I look like her. That's true. I know. You're so good. I yeah. No, I'm not. That's one thing I'm good at though is hair and makeup. <laughs> it's like, you know, like when you finish when your car goes through you got like the buffer and the guy driving. Okay, I like, want to know how you get work done while you're getting a facial because like I can't even imagine like being able to look at my phone while I'm laying down. That's I a, that's literally a- get the most work done ever when I'm getting a facial. I lay there and the girl that does my facial knows I want to work for the whole hour and I just hold my phone above my head and, yeah. and work. And it's like nerve wracking because when she's getting a facial, all of a sudden you get machine gunned on uh I mean, I dropped my phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful when you're doing the um, dermaplaning. Yeah, dermaplaning. I work like, the whole time I'm doing dermaplaning. Don't drop your phone during a dermaplaning. Shout out to Lindsay at Brautique for shaving my face. I just need to have the conversation like, oh my gosh, so excited about what's going on with your family, but I'm going to do work while you're dermaplaning my face. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So break down the calendar. So there's, there's a calendar just called get work done. And so that's any task. That's Trello. That's ordering a product that I need for a video, any promo I need to do, importing footage, stuff like that, doing any editing whatsoever, posting on Instagram. Like Instagram is an appointment on my calendar because Instagram is a job. So I have to do that. Any engagement, YouTube engagement, that's typically after a video launches. I'll spend time in YouTube engagement. Same with Instagram after a photo launches. You've got to spend some time on engagement there. So there's that. And then there's like, Amy, you have to leave the house appointments. Like you have to leave the office appointments. And that's how long is the commute? Where's the coffee or where's the appointment or whatever? All of that stuff gets mapped out. Any live online appearances also needs to be color coded because I might just have a no makeup day and forget that I have like a video interview to do. Everything is color coded. And I probably should have more buffer time between appointments, but I would much rather slam everything out, feel like I got 8 million things done in less than eight hours and then check out for the day when my husband comes home. Coffee can 
suck my dick, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> we back on the coffee thing? Christ. No, no, no. You just said you're harsher co- than me. No, I'm over the coffee thing. Like it, leaving the office and driving to get coffee when you can postmate it and be so much more efficient. If you want to do a call or a Skype, it's. I'm sorry. Like everyone's trying to be as efficient as possible. Going to grab coffee is a two-hour schmooze. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's like, a whole thing because it's so much harder to say, like, I'm glad we're having an enjoyable coffee catch-up together that has a hard deadline stop. Yeah, it's, it's just, awkward. It's just like, it's not even like, I'm not a fan of breaking up my day either. Like, mm. let's like work through the day and then go for drinks. You're never going to be able to get me to an appointment on Monday. There's only one kind of appointment that I allow to break this rule, and it's because I'm involved locally with Sex. my community. No, I'm just kidding. That also. But that's two. But no, there's like the day where I know I'm filming, and I might take a coffee appointment then because my makeup's already done. And yeah. so I've already made the time for that. Batching those things, interviews are only going to be on one kind of day because I don't want to stop in the middle of something and go, okay, now time to promote myself on a show. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I agree. And also, I think people don't like, for me, Instagram story is such a huge part of my day. Mm. And I want everything to be really valuable for my audience. Like, I'm not just going to post a picture of weights. Right. It's not enough. There's a difference. This is what I keep like saying to everybody around me. They're like, you're on your phone getting stuff all the time. I'm like, I know, but I'm just getting it and I'm going to go deal with it later. Nobody needs to know where I am right this second. I'll show them where I am right now in like four to 20 hours from now, because at that time when I'm sitting somewhere in my own scheduled moment of working on content for Instagram stories, I can show, oh, look, I went and did this kind of confidential podcast. Isn't this cool? I don't have to do that right this second. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares if I do it right now? It's just the fact that I'm going to share it. I can document it and then share it later. Yes. And I think that that's so important to be able to document and then share it later because it's like you're living in the moment, you're documenting it, but you're also not creating in that exact second. Right. We're already good at this with Instagram posts. Like, don't they say that in the Drake song? Like, the girl looks like she's still in Italy, but she was there like two months ago That's and she's me still right now. sharing the photos. <laughs> you know what though? Italy is a great place for a so backdrop. Great. You gotta show. You gotta I also like so it so people great. can't track my movements. You never know who's out there. Oh, absolutely. Who's tracking your Who movements? Who knows? But you, that's what I'm saying. No you one's don't tracking know. your movements. I don't need someone popping out of the bushes. I hate know? to break that to you. <laughs> uh, be a surprise. Morning routine specifics. Okay. Wake up skincare. That's what wakes me up. I don't get excited to wake up in the morning. I get excited after I'm awake. Okay. But I do like to be up around 530. Ooh, 530. Yeah. Yeah. I wake up early. It makes me feel so good. It makes me feel (sighs) so good that I'm actually diving into something that's going to pay off by 6.30. What time do you go to bed? On a bad night, it'll be 10.30. I try to be in bed before 9.30 so I can read and like drift off to sleep. Okay. So that looks like, like I said before, it's skincare, lemon water. I let the dog out so she can go back to sleep and not mess with me for the next hour. Morning pages, meditation sometimes. I rewrite my goals. I rewrite all of my goals three times every single day. And then that's pretty much it. And then I roll into whatever creative time is scheduled for that day. So that's usually a two to three hour block of like whatever I have to focus on. If I have to write something or if I have to storyboard out a video, something like that. What's a book, a podcast, a resource that you would recommend to our audience that's provided you with a lot of value? Um, I think a book that people don't talk about enough, but 
it's really important to make connections. It's really important to know a lot of people, but you also have to follow up with them. You know, it's one thing to be like, oh, I met Michael one time and I'm going to like call in a favor four years from now. You need to like have a warm contact so that when you do need it, that it actually like would be willing to help you. A great book that I read about this is Keith Ferrazzi's Never Eat Alone. And I don't think that book ever gets enough play. Like I always eat alone. Why does it say to never eat alone? Never. Well, because this is the other thing I was going to say, time batching time with people. Like, do you want a coffee with me? I'm having a group coffee or I'm going to- Not a coffee, a happy hour with me. A happy hour with me. I'm going to happy hour at four o'clock. So you can have the four o'clock. Susie's going to have the five o'clock. And then I might have a six o'clock if I haven't had too much wine. But just making the most of those moments where if you got to eat, you can sit down with somebody. I don't 100% believe with that, but he talks a lot about some really good just networking tips and networking in the good sense, not networking in the negative sense that everybody thinks it's a bad word. I should probably clarify a little bit on the coffee thing because people are probably like, oh shit, better (laughs) never ask that fucking guy for coffee. It's not even about like going to coffee or getting together. Something like I do that shit all the time. What it is, is it's the entitlement of saying like, listen, I need something from you. So let me get you a coffee and get that from you without providing value. Like for me, if I need something from somebody, it's like, let me think of a way that I can provide a ton of value up front first, give them first something first Absolutely. and then potentially ask them like what I have a problem with is people's like, Hey, there's a favor I need from you this in this email or, Hey, stop what you're doing and get a coffee for me so I can get something from you. Like that's what I'm talking about entitlement. They need to refine their pitch and they need mm. to refine their angle and figure out, okay, what's some value I can offer first before I go in for the ask. Definitely. Everybody just leads in with the ask. Can you do me a favor? Is there something that you can do for me? It's like, no, no, no. What can I do for you first? And then potentially we can build a relationship. And yes, of course, then I'm going to help you. But do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah. And that's that's the unlock. You should never think that there's anybody that's going to be irrelevant. Like anytime someone says like, hey, yeah, how's it going? Like, yeah, I'm looking. I am looking for a job. Like they're not necessarily asking, but they're just letting me know what's going on with their life. I'm going to find out anybody I know that might be able to help that person out with that. And if I can't make it happen, then whatever. But the reality is if someone's looking for a job and somebody's looking for somebody in that position, I connect them. I'm their connector. And that's that's good news. So you should always go in. And this is our marketing strategy at Aftermark. If we want to work with a client, let's go find them. But start the conversation with what are you working on? What can we help you with? Is there anybody we can introduce to you? Is there something that you like that you want to see more of? What can we do to connect you to that? What can we do to be a part of your life in some way and make something cool happen? So we're top of mind for the right reasons. Yeah. The can I just get a coffee thing is the to me is the equivalent of, you know, you're sitting in your house on a Saturday enjoying, you know, the ball game watch tv and some random just bangs on your door and is like hey you want to buy these these candy bars like totally. Whoa, what the fuck where'd you come from like, get the or hell like here. when someone calls you on the phone when someone calls me i'm like no, no, no. <laughs> text me first i know i hate when the phone rings remember when those people anything. would show up with the candy bars at your door like you'd be like where did you come yes. from like how did you get here what's how'd you find my address like that, taylor that's was the for thing. sure showing up at doorsteps with candy bars <laughs> taylor yes or no definitely not Ah, I don't know. I feel like you were. Uh, Pimp yourself out. Where can everyone find you? Your YouTube, your Instagram, your book, everything. Yeah. So, and the podcast also is at uh, Detail Therapy. So Lauren's been on the show. It was a really fun time. So you can check that out. But on YouTube, you can just search for Amy Landino in your YouTube app, or you can go to youtube.com slash Amy TV. Instagram is at Schmittastic. Awesome. Spell it just in case. S-C-H-M-I-T-T-A-S-T-I-C. Thank Sorry if I got a little fired up on this one. Yeah, I love it. Whoa. (laughs) It's kind of turned me on, actually. 
Guys, wait before you go. If you want to win Amy's latest book, it's coming out. It's called Good Morning, Good Life. She actually featured me in it. I talk about my morning routine and a sparkly pink pop socket. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at The Skinny Confidential. It's very, very important to us that you guys are liking the episodes, that you're giving us constructive criticism if we need it, whatever it is. Tell me on my latest post. We totally keep track. I'm very much involved in the comment section on Instagram. And I try to get involved in DM too. So at the skinny confidential, tell us your favorite part of this episode to win Amy's new book and a pink sparkly pop socket. And we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by ritual. You guys know I'm a human guinea pig and I'm still here taking ritual and loving it. Okay. It's filled with iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate, and omega-3 kind of everything. It's made in the USA without synthetic fillers. 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. So Ritual created a smarter vitamin with the nine essential ingredients women lack most. Go to ritual.com slash skinny today to choose clean ingredients backed by science. Sign up now at ritual.com slash skinny. 